My finger hovered over the button to press. This was it. This was going to go out to the world. I hit the button to publish my book. And then a wave of dread, fear, embarrassment, shame, you name it, washed over me in a tsunami of vicious emotions. I sat there quaking. And I was like, what have I done? This was me when I was publishing uh, some of my first books. And I had a bit of a problem with perfection. So this is Michelle Spive, and I want to welcome you to today's podcast of Wisdom Smack. So come on and join me on the flip as I get down to my evolution and my new theme of done is the new perfect. I'll see you on the flip. Good thing I'm not a nail biter. If I were, then I would have a major problem. You see, I do have a problem that I've been working on rectifying, and that is that I suffer from perfectionism to the point of procrastination. Now, the good thing is, is there is misery, there is fun in shared misery. And when I say fun, I'm just talking about commiseration. And I have found that there are a lot of people like me. Um, as a person who uh, now has a career in the creative arts, I have been acquainted with this old foe of many called uh, the uh, imposter syndrome. You see, I'm stumbling over it. It's, it's ooh. And I have gone through where I have been debilitated by not being able to publish, not being able to share my things of, you know, that I create. Now, of course, some of it is just due to, um, I don't feel like my project is ready. But then let's just be honest with you. Some of it really comes down to a fear of being seen and all this kind of stuff. Now I could go down that road, but what I'm today going to do is I'm going to talk to you about the wisdom smack that I am currently working in, and it is subject to change and update and evolve and uh, even more. So year to year, um, I during around December, I started thinking about my goals and, and the things I'm going to accomplish, but I always try to come up with or either evaluate a current working thing. And my current working theme that I have now is done is the new perfect. This theme is working on my life. And the reason why I, I know that is because you are listening to a podcast, a podcast that I have been supposedly doing for, you know, a few years now. But because this theme is now working, I am actually doing these because <laughs> you can already tell these podcasts are not perfect. But anyway, so done is the new perfect is my working theme for how I go about my life to stop, mitigate, reduce, do away with, annihilate, hopefully, this debilitating foe of perfection. Now, I know that, let's just be honest, probably I'll be working against this foe for the rest of my days here on this plane. But in the meantime, and in between time, I am working with my theme of done is the new perfect. Now, the good thing is, is that in my old ways, I have learned to grasp and understand how to create formulas. And um, so much so 
that when I put together a formula, and let me just tell you a little bit about a formula, if you will. So formula from the word form, um, I like to think of it as container, but form or foundation, those types of things have to do with how you're going to produce something, create something in a way that uh, you can do it over and over again. Think of form and is like a recipe, a direction, a tutorial, and those types of things. So when I am looking at formulas, I try to come up with something that uh, embedded in it is its context. You know, so anyway, I have been trying to come up with a formula and um, I'm working on it. And so when I start working on a formula, I start working on the contents of what the formula has to encapsulate because a formula also is, is a shorthand uh, that drills down things to its final essence. But because I am still working on that and I definitely wanted to uh, share with you the wisdom smack of done is the new perfect, I am going to go on and just tell you the components that I'm using right now to work through my formula. And um, let me say this, formulas for me, because I have a scientific background, they take on an if-then kind of um, sentence structure. So my formulas are usually something plus something either minus or times or divided by or whatever equals something. Okay. So let me just tell you what I have been noticing, not only when I work on something creative or write a book or something, but also when I work with clients and some of the things that I have to be aware of to get them to get their projects done. Now, I'm going to tell you guys, it's an amazing thing that people pay me good money that I am very thankful for, and they are very thankful to give me uh, to help them to do something that either they have always wanted to do and didn't know how to get started or have been trying to do and have not been able to get complete. And so part of my job is to figure out, suss out what it is that's keeping them from doing what they need and attack that. And so I've made some notes about what keeps us from getting things done. And that is um, a cluelessness a lot of times. I get people that will come to me and they're like, I want to do this thing and I don't know how to start. I have all of this information and I don't know how to put it into any kind of um, coherent uh, path to get me to what I want. And, and so I work with them on that way. Sometimes I get people who are overwhelmed. Sometimes I get people who need help because the process is just too hard and you name it. So these are the things that I have come up with that helps to drill down. And I'm going to share it with y'all today. So listen up. Okay. So these are the components that I'm using. And once I get them boiled down just right, I'm going to turn them into a simple one-liner formula. But in the meantime and in between time, they still work in their complex or components. All right. So here we go. Okay. So when people are working on something where perfectionism or procrastination could possibly pop in, I have noticed with myself and with observations and working directly with other clients is that sometimes or a lot of times it has to do with the point of being clueless. And so the pathway is to move people from being clueless to competent. Okay. Now, the best way that you can 
do this from being clueless to competent is not necessarily going and uh, grabbing a whole bunch of information. Now, if that's your jam, great. If you are a lover of knowledge, kudos. You're part of my fam, my tribe, my fam bam, whatever you want to say. Good for you. But for a lot of people, all that does is just to, it, it just simply causes people to get uh, more clueless. Okay. So I have, uh, and, and let me just tell y'all, y'all know I love books and I don't really have a book assigned uh, to this process right now um, because there are a lot of them out there, but to me, they're part of that information gl- uh, gluttony that you can get into. And so that's why I'm not recommending a specific book on that. But I am going to recommend a biography, an autobiography uh, that I am reading right now. Now, I'm not finished with it, but y'all, I'm going to tell you, it is, it's funny, it's entertaining, it's ratchet, it's all the stuff that you would... Uh, <laughs> that you you would like it when you're when you're peeping into somebody's life and it's by a Harlem born raised and based designer by the name of Daniel Day but his street name is Dapper Dan yes indeed D A P P E R and Dapper does not give you uh, these tight little quotes, but what he does do is he's very thematic in remembering his dates, his times, and what he was doing and how he was building on stuff to be able to learn things. One of the things I like about Mr. Day, and he's going to be 75 this year at the time of this recording, uh, and it's let me just tell you the name of the book before I go on. It's called Dapper Dan, Made in Harlem, a memoir, okay? So it's a memoir. He calls it a memoir. Okay. Um, And yeah, it is a memoir because he's still alive. Okay. Forgive. Anyway. um, (laughs) So what he does is is he takes you through his his life to get to the point where he is now. And he's finally starting to get his accolades, but he has had a rough way. I mean, he has been knocked down, dragged down and all this other stuff. But the good thing is, is that what he has done is shown people what um, can be done when done is the new perfect, in my opinion. Okay. Um, he talks about how, um, because he didn't have the natural, uh, um, I don't want to say natural. I, yeah, I'm going to say now because he didn't have the natural proclivity, <laughs> meaning that when he was growing up, he was not, um, known in the industry uh, and based on his looks, uh, uh, ethnicity, I should say, he was not invited to the table in the room at the party. And so he had to find other ways to do it. And he invented, um, he, inv- he invented some great, um, things in the, um, designer industry. So he was designing things for men and women of high luxury, um, and, he has some problems with uh, using people's logos, but he said they are not knockoffs. They were knockups, which proved to be true. Uh, but anyway, uh, Dapper Dan to me is a real life street credit wise example of what I'm going to be talking about, about done is the new part. Perfect. Okay. So clueless to competent. Looking at him, I realized I was like, wow, this is how you do it. So um, da- um, Dapper Dan or Dap as he's known, by people. Uh, what he would say is, is if you're clueless about something, then you go and you try to either get in that industry or you start to look for the, the drumbeat and the, and the trend of 
what is happening around either the people in that industry or the people enjoying or paying for what that industry is producing. And I thought that was really great. And the reason why I thought it was great is because him coming up in the um, time of um, segregation, um, the Black power movements, of course, he's he's an African-American, by the way, y'all, and all of these different things, they informed who he was. And so for him, he was dealing with the fact that coming out of a segregational understanding, his thing was to break the barrier to get inside and to get a seat at the table. Uh, and so for him, becoming competent was to gain to be, gain access. Um, now, he has had his, his common day critics, contemporary critics, if you will, who argue against that. And they say things like, if you want to get something done, you don't need them. Start your own. Do your own thing. And his his rebuttal is, um, when you basically show me that you have the distribution and the wide reach globally that they have, I will be happy to do that. And I thought that was funny, but let me tell you how that deals with what I'm talking about today as done as a new perfect. That's one of the first things that I had to uh, encounter in my own thinking. And a lot of times I encounter with other people. I, and, and so I'm siding with and against Mr. Uh, Daniel Day in that I understand what he was talking about. And I guess, I, I, I guess I'm not going to say against him, but what I will say is this. I understand what he is definitely talking about, but I also understand that even though he is saying this, he actually had to do what we're talking about when you're talking about getting stuff done. So a lot of times you're not going to be able to get into the the place where it's happening. You're not going to be able to go and get a job working at um, a big publishing house or a um, museum as under a curator to understand the, the workings. But what you can do is you can turn your cluelessness into competency by the act of doing. Now, I, like I said, I've talked about a lot of books on this podcast, and one of the ones that I really like that's real foundational is uh, Peak by Dr. Um, Anders Erickson, where he talks about the phases of practice and how practice is how you become uh, an expert. There's no way boiling it down. Even with, Dr., uh, with Dapper Dan, Dapper Dan learned to become competent by doing. He said he went and read books. Now, the thing is, is he talks about reading books. And like I said, coming from him and, and, and when he was young, there was this famous saying that was, say, that was saying, if you want to hide something from someone, put it in a book. And so for him, he was like, I am going to go read books and learn. Now, the thing is, is you can have information. And uh, in one of my previous podcasts, I talk about um, information, knowledge, and wisdom. And so those books can give you a lot of facts. They can give you a lot of other people's knowledge. It becomes knowledge for you when you start applying it practicing it. It becomes wisdom when you get to the point of, as Dr. um, Erickson says in his book, Peak, when you start doing deliberate practice with good feedback. For, For Dapper Dan, his deliberate practice was he set up 
I, I'm, I'm not calling it a sweatshop, but when you say that you work 24 hours a day and you did that for 10 years and you ran two shifts of people, <laughs> yeah, I will definitely say that is deliberate practice at its finest. And what he was able to do was get feedback based on how much someone was willing to pay him at first when he was starting. And he, like I said, he was selling luxury um, items, uh, custom couture, if you will, um, turning it around in one day and getting people um, to wear his designs and things. And so, yeah, it was hustle. It was learning. It was application, but it was hardcore, everyday, deliberate, purposeful practice with the feedback of money generating how well he got. Okay, so in my done is the new perfect, my steps are such that you have to move from being clueless to being competent. Now, I've used Dapper Dan as an example in this clueless to competent scenario where he went, he learned by reading when they told him he couldn't get into the industry. He looked from the outside. He started to look and see what people were interested in, what the drumbeat on the streets were. And that's what he gave folks. The next thing in my Uh, working model here is that you want to attack the complex to turn it simple. Now, I've mentioned this before, and that is um, I I look at uh, contemporary companies right now, and there are um, two major ones that come to mind whenever I think about this clump comp complex to simple. And they have given me wisdom smacks on how to do that. Uh, Because I tend to gather a whole bunch of stuff and have a whole bunch of complex machinations and all this. And those two companies are, and I'm not glorifying them, I'm just saying I'm learning from them, are Amazon and Apple. And what they do is they take complex operations and they never let you have, they never make you have to deal with the complexity. It's done behind the scenes where it becomes push button simple. And so much so that um, Apple has said that Steve Jobs loved Da Vinci's famous quote of uh, simplicity being the uh, ultimate sophistication. And so when I'm looking at complexity to simple, I am looking at the direction that something should go. And that usually means elimination because that's what I have learned from from Amazon and from Apple. Amazon eliminated time constraints on uh, how you could order from them and get your things. Amazon looked at one of the things that made people want to go into stores and that was immediacy. They understand that people have this insane (laughs) inconsistency. They are fickle and they didn't want to be a a mail order company. And so what they did was, is they started working on how to make that experience as simple as possible. And they hung their hats on one major thing, and that was the time. So they started with fast shipping. And then they had a premium that if you paid X, Y, and Z, um, you could get it for um, in two days. And then they said for everybody else, if you spend a certain amount, you can get it for two days. Then they started with one day a few years ago. And now in certain large cities, they are doing same day. And so they are moving uh, from complex where there are many barriers and frictions uh, 
to where it's very simple. You press a button, you get your stuff in the shortest amount of time. Same thing for Apple. They don't use a lot of buttons and whistles. Um, people were getting mad when they came out with um, a, a new version of both their phone and their laptop. They took away stuff. They took away ports to stick other stuff into their systems because they are moving down from the complex to the simple. And that is summed up in what can you eliminate to either uh, guide or force yourself or others to use a more effective and efficient way. The next one I have is hard to easy. Have you ever, now, they, they say there are two types of people in the world. There are people who are uh, love um, the, the experience, and then there are people who love the goal or the destiny. Um, there is a way that you can kind of find this out in, a, in a, a, a simple way, and that is when you get a piece of candy, do you try to soften it up, you know, by sucking on it in your mouth and letting it slowly dissolve? Or do you just get in there and start crunching it? What about ice cream? That's another one. Are you a person that when you get a bowl of ice cream, you just get in there and start eating it? Or do you stir it up till it gets to a smooth consistency and you savor the creaminess of the feel of that smoothness? See, those are things that are, to me, a good way of explaining how to turn things from hard to simple, how to make it where what you are doing um, is not a bumpy road. It becomes a smooth road. And in order to do that, what I have found is that you want to file down or remove those jagged points in what you do that do not give you um, the best result. It's the Pareti law of uh, 80-20. You want to find the the 20% that gives you the most bang for the buck. Uh, with my perfectionism, and that was leading to procrastination, I was greedy. I was trying to get it all. I was trying to get every last part. But when I started adapting done is the new perfect, I was willing to go for the 20% that gave me an 80% return. 80 is always going to be better than zero. And if I can find, when I find that 20% that gets me that, that's what I concentrate on now. So let me review this because I've got, uh, we're halfway through of where I am right now with my formula for getting stuff done. Okay, and we talked about clueless to competent. I talked about Dapper Dan. Then I have complex to simple. I talked about Apple and Amazon and then hard to easy, smoothing out the rough edges. Then that last three are beginning to end. One of the things that I didn't realize is that um, I could make things easier on myself if I had a beginning, a middle and an end. Now, the funny thing is, is when you are creating something, you're wanting to get something done, you probably need to flip that. Now, your ending of whatever it is does not have to be the exact ending that you're going to end up with. And it actually doesn't even have to be perfect. You just need to know the basics of where you want to land this plane, of where you want your stuff to end up. 
Like when I'm writing a romance novel, I know that I have two endings. No matter what story I come up with, I know it has to either be a happy ever after or a happy for now. Point blank dot in. I know that the two main characters or I don't write uh, menage or any of that, but I know the two main characters are going to end up being in love and happy with each other. So that's my ending. There have been times, no joke, where I have started a project and I didn't know where it was going to end. And that is okay, but it goes back and it immediately brings up my cluelessness, my complexity, and the harshness of trying to do that task. And so for me, when I'm doing something now, even if I don't have all of the bits and pieces and the details, I make sure that I have a beginning. I know where I want to be in the middle. And I'll know where I want to be in the end because, and especially that middle part, because that middle part helps me to not get into a sea of uh, overwhelm. I know when I, when I want to signify to my brain and myself that I'm midway, halfway or whatever, I know what that looks like. Okay. So beginning to end, the next part is rough to polished. Now this one is real important and you notice I didn't say rough to perfection rough to polished. And the reason why I'm okay with that is because one of the things I've learned, and I learned this, watching people paint and draw on YouTube videos. You see, I didn't understand what a work in process really looked like for a creative until I took the time to look at other people's processes. If you just even look at a few videos of when people are drawing or, um, painting or doing something that is very creative, it looks like a hot mess. It looks like, oh my God, that is not going to come out. One of the things that I learned this from is when I was watching, uh, going back and re-watching Bob Ross uh, videos and how when he starts out uh, and he starts taking that big paintbrush and just putting a, a swatches of color on there or he sticks a tree out and looks like nowhere and I'm like uh-uh no it needs to go over here or there or when he takes he makes a little road at the bottom you'd be like what the heck that was what I learned that the process is rough Everything you do during the process is going to be rough. My problem was that I was trying to make everything look perfect at every stage. And that is not how it works. In my new understanding of done is the new perfect, I am willing to let things be rough and then I'll go back and polish them. But I need to get it done and then I will make it polished. And then the next one is hidden to seen or hidden to shared. And what I mean by that is I have forced myself to take those ideas um, that are hidden that I might think are quirky or weird or out of here or corny or whatever. And I have made it where I'm o- I, I, I present them where I'm okay with them being seen or shared. Um, I was putting self-restraints on my abilities by second-guessing and editing away uh, some of my natural tendencies. When I finally started writing and uh, doing the kooky stuff that I would come up with, that's when I started getting a good following, uh, repeat buyers, people coming and using my services because I am quirky and I am different and I am not uh, what you would usually expect in my writings, in my coaching, training, consulting, whatever. 
whatever. But that took a process because I was so busy trying to hide myself and make it perfectly palatable to what was out there that I was missing it. So let me go back through my current working process of how I move from being a perfectionist and a procrastinator to getting stuff done and how I I actually use this stuff with my clients as well. So right now, as it stands, because it could update, I use these six components. I am always looking at what is the clueless area and how can I make it competent? How do I move the complex to the simple? And usually that means eliminating stuff. The next thing is how do I make stuff hard, move it from hard to easy? And that usually means I'm smoothing out things and taking out the rough edges that would cause me to stumble or to get stuck figuring out one little simple thing. That's where my Paredes uh, 80, uh, 20-80 rule comes in to focus on finding that 20% that's going to give me 80% value back. Then I have a container where I know I need to have a beginning, a middle, and an end to keep me on track and keep me moving forward where I have already said to myself subconsciously or consciously that this is what the middle looks like, this is what the end looks like, and I'm forward moving towards that. And then working on my process by understanding that the creative process is rough. It is not cute, pretty, or otherwise. It's rough. And so being willing to put out something to its completion that looks rough, understanding that it is during the polishing polishing process that I make it pretty. And then the hidden to the scene or the hidden to the shared, taking those things that are within me, my unique uh, entry, um, um, increscency, I, Lord, idiosyncrasies. Okay, <laughs> forgive me. Uh, taking those and making them where they're palatable, where I can share them. And I have learned that some will, some won't. So what? And I'm only speaking to those people who get me anyway. Okay, so those are the six components that I'm currently working with when I look at done is the new perfect. And um, my highlight book today, uh, because I just love this guy and his story is Dapper Dan made in Harlem, a memoir. And it is about the story of Daniel Day, a self-made high end luxury designer. And I'm going to drop the link. Um, He has pictures in the book and um, it's just it's just really cool. It um, Looking at 70 years, 70 years of the history of a life of a man who, by all accounts, was not supposed to be able to do what he did. There's some really good gems in there about getting stuff done against the odds. Okay. So guess what? This is Michelle Spiva. My time is up. I sure do thank you for yours. Thank you for listening to another podcast of Wisdom Smack. Mwah! Please don't forget to like, share, rate and review, and continue to help um, support this podcast when you go to Amazon by considering using our link at michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. And that's going to do it for me. I'm going to see you tomorrow. Yes, I am. Talk to you later. Bye. And that's going to do it for today's podcast of Wisdom Smack with Michelle Spiva. If you like this podcast, please help us get the word out. Like, comment, subscribe, and even share. And if you really like it, 
Please help us continue to get the word out by considering using this show's link for Amazon. So when you want to go to Amazon and you do all of your general shopping, uh, please use michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. It's simple as that. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And this show might receive a little bit of commission that will go towards helping to further get these episodes out to you and to others. So thank you so much for listening. This has been Michelle Spiva with Wisdom Smack. Bye.